Hello and welcome to episode 170 oh whoa 164 sure. of Checkpoint Chat. Wow, I nearly just skipped out a whole 10 there. Uh <laughs> my name is Alessandro Barbosa. I'm joined by Matthew Figuera. I just realized that there's a border around your head in oh. the video feed. Wait, there we go. Is that better? Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually <laughs> didn't even realize that until now. Well, there Production. we go. Yeah, best intro ever. Production. <laughs> yeah, it's uh how's the week been? Yo, it's been a week. It's glad it's Has Friday. It? It's 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 one of those Saturday we're in that period where I know, but we're in, in that end of the year downward trajectory or upward trajectory to to Christmas where things are just manic it seems and mm, mm, it's Are you do you guys get like real uh, crazy just before like Black Friday. Is there like lots of campaigns for Black Friday that you need to get we, through? We, I mean, not necessarily us doing an actual Black Friday campaign, but we for the last three years now have done all the Black Friday sales collateral. So all the social posts, a bunch of web stuff for a bunch of markets at Xbox. And it takes us weeks to get that right. It's like hmm. we put together a... No, not necessarily a proposal, but like we put together a presentation saying this is what the sale will entail, what assets will go out, and then that gets sent off to Xbox and they come back saying X, Y, Z, and we go back and forth for many weeks <laughs> nailing that down. So it's always a bit, a bit of a headache, but yeah. We don't do actual, not not us anyway, we don't do the, the fun campaign this time time of year. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's some good other time, ad agencies nightmare to deal with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, Xbox has a bunch. We, we're just a little baby South African agency that helps mm. out <laughs> with bits and pieces on the biggest I think stuff, uh, Black Friday has infected like every industry. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I, my, my, new, um, my new employer, they sell uh, a like software for accountants, you know, to like visualize yeah. financial data. And we are like prepping a big like Black Friday push. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, people are going to <laughs> Say what? look at this software as a Black Friday deal. Okay, I guess that but, makes sense. Yeah. But isn't it weird that you and I both this week, the moment we hit October properly, it's like, oh, Black Friday. It's yeah. end of end of next month, but you've got to prep yeah. for these things. So there's so much there's so much prep work and it's now like a bit of like a crunch period just to get everything yeah. everything done. Um yeah, which but, is a bit of a a hectic thing when you're just starting at a at a place, you know, trying to get up to speed and it's like everything, like you said, is just a bit manic. So yeah. it's been a it's been an interesting week. Um, yeah, well, but you you started a new job uh, mm, mm. last week now. Well, last yeah, Friday. it's been it's been a week now. Yeah, because yeah. I started on a Friday, <laughs> which is actually beautiful. Um, so when you say it's been a week. You're not saying like, man, it's been hectic. It's like, no, it's literally been a week. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's been yeah, a week a, at this a, new a job. Bit of, <laughs> a bit of both. It's been a week and a week. Yeah, uh, at this at this job, but I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, it's uh kind of nice to. I never thought I'd say this, but it's kind of nice to be back in the office, just like um, mm. chatting to to people every day and just getting a bit of like more social exposure mm. um 
I think it helps that the 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 company's small, so it's not yeah. like overwhelming. Um, but yeah, just getting a bit of like human interaction, or, or not not getting some, just like different and having yeah. a a change of space. I think is the mm. the best. The best thing is yeah is like having a defined. This is workspace. This is home space. Mm. Um, mentally well, is really really good. Yeah. What's interesting is that I, th- I mean, my my company's not alone in this, but I think a lot of companies are now going. Uh, well, people are getting vaccinated. We can sort of start making our way back to the office. But do people want to come back to the office? Because mm. this mm. remote work thing does have benefits. You know, you've got lower mm. overheads. People don't have to drive in or travel. X Y Z. Lots of benefits. So my company sends out a survey this week, gauging like, well, I, I presume just asking to try plan forward and that questions like has working from home or working remotely worked for you what have been the pros and cons what would you like to do moving forward mm-hmm. um so i'm quite curious to see i mean for, from our side i i wouldn't mind a hybrid like i don't mind going yeah. to the office but i'd like to have the option to not go to the office yeah um so i'm quite curious to see how the rest of the company answered and what the plan is moving forward um I- and it's I definitely think a hybrid approach is, yeah. is the way to go. Um, but I <clears throat> I can see the issues with that. Like, how does a company justify paying for a space that employees will just choose whether to use or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, it's, I mean, it, well, it's, it's kind of sad because just before COVID hit, we moved into a lovely big building like we mm-hmm. we were on one floor of another building uh, i do recall like you were helping out at the move yeah. yeah and then we moved into a building with two proper floors and a rooftop it's like a massive building with 100 people. the previous building had no roof you just had sun constantly <laughs> and when it rained well, we didn't have people our just own roof face facebook worked <laughs> above us they had the roof those, yes those facebook people. was above you yeah. wait that probably means Oh, no, yeah, no, you, wait. The, you, the new building got, I'm going to is where Google is, not where Yeah, is, that's yeah. when you said, I was like, oh, we're in the same office. But I was like, yeah, oh, that, that'd be it. insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think we, they've had to obviously, damn this camera. <laughs> what does that? Um, they've obviously had to just keep paying rent in the building despite it not being used yeah. over the last, yeah. um, you know, 18 months or whatever. But I think it kind of will work if they do a hybrid system they'll probably just pivot and use it as a you know maybe do a redesign and you won't have a permanent workspace there'll just be a lot of hot desks and meeting rooms Mm. Mm. um which is fine like i I love having my own desk at the office but you know i'm not gonna Uh, cry cry over yeah if i I have a a second screen and a a powerpoint that's you just have to bring your toys home right now (laughs) i already did yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's the thing. Like the the current workspace I'm in is too small for the number of people that have been employed by this company uh, that is just like exploding now. So there, you know, it's like a few people are working from home just because it's like easier for them. But we are planning to move in the next month or so, and that's mm. like a much bigger space, and I assume much more expensive. So I think that that quote-unquote hybrid approach is going to fall away mm. but i mean <clears throat> when i was interviewed there they they told me that you know they were forced to do the full remote thing obviously when government shut everything down and it like mm. seriously didn't work for the company uh, so you know i guess it depends on the, the type mm. of work being done um 
So, yeah. Well, we we were fortunate that we it kind of really works in our favor because our the the founders of Clockwork, despite both being like young in their thirties, were very adamant. You know, to my knowledge, years ago, of like there's no such thing as remote work. We come to the office. It's not not for any reason other than you collaborate better when you're with people. You know, in the same room. Um, but again, the whole forced remote work thing kind of let us prove that we can still work just as well um, remotely. Like last year, we, my team, um, we pulled off the biggest campaign we've ever done for Xbox um, from our we side. did it all remotely. And we did it. <clears throat> like we, we literally were in the sort of early, early, early stages about a month before COVID hit. And then the rest of it, we did over the course of the year, like up until September, October, that's how long it took to put this campaign together. And that was all remotely. So, mm, mm. and that, that works winning some awards now. So it's like, yeah, we can do remote. Like we, we did it. <laughs> so you can't, don't force us back into the office. Like a hybrid yeah, system is cool. I think, well, I think most people, I still met some people who are under the impression that if you work from home, you don't do work, which I find like ludicrous. Mm. Um, like you, that's, that's you do like not need to see people mentality. working to make sure that they're mm. working. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I, I do understand for some workflows, it is definitely easier. And, you know, I enjoyed working from home, but there were certainly moments many times every day, at least where I was like, if I was sitting with the person I'm talking to on teams right now, this would be a lot easier to solve. Mm. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I get the, I get the benefits. Um, but also, this new office is going to have a fucking barista, so like I'm down mm. to just have. Good Ours coffee. was also meant to, <laughs> so I don't know. I know what's happening with that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I am enjoying the uh, the endless supply of coffee at the office, but I'm not enjoying the temptation of snacks every time I walk into this kitchen and there's just mm. food, and I'm like, <sighs> yep. That's I must say the one thing I miss from the office the most is every morning and every afternoon, like my team and I would. Well, we'd, morning we'd have our stand up, and then we always go get a coffee and like make toast or something, and that's just mm. like a ten minutes, you know, ceremony. It's a good whatever. tradition thing, yeah. Yeah, and then every afternoon at like three or four, we like let's just have a break and we go get coffee, and it's again just a five ten minute thing. Speak some shit and get back to work, and it is I like I really miss that. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah. Jack, uh, yesterday the uh, the boss brought in chocolate croissants from. Forno's Bakery. Yep. Every every Friday over. we we also we have like breakfast something. I think once a month there's a guy at our office who I don't know if he does catering or if he's got previous experience in catering, but he puts together like a breakfast spread of oats that Ooh. he makes himself. I'm um, not Ooh. oats, sorry, muesli that he like toasts and makes himself. Yogurts and a whole lot of stuff, and it's just delicious. Homemade <laughs> muesli. It's like what's life changing. That <laughs> sounds like a good time. My yeah. goodness, mm-hmm. I I love muesli. I uh, mm. I think it's real good. But it's again like oh god, growing up is realizing that everything you eat is just bad for you, and it's just like <laughs> why can't I just live my life? Just have Calories, my, have god. my muesli. It's fine. <laughs> Fuck off, energy. Just let me be. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway, whatever. Um, things that do let us be though, video games. <laughs> Wow. What a segue. Nailed it. Things um, that don't make us put on weight, video games. 
well debatable uh, <laughs> I will I will say for a fact that when Death Stranding came out and the uh, advertising of Monster Energy was very prominent I drank a lot of Monster Energy and put on weight so I know checkmate to your logic <laughs> shit um, but yeah video games uh, we play them uh, we hope you do too um, I actually just remembered something else I played this week but very briefly so let me just start with that uh, I nice dived back into tetris effect this week um, oh my god mostly because a, a friend of mine at work um was asking <laughs> he's 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 fun he um he's very much in the game pass like uh audience uh, which is great just because like i've always wondered how people outside of the you know who don't follow gaming news like you know as a thing uh, how like do, how how do they Game consume Pass, games? And, yeah, yeah, how Game Pass is perceived. So the first thing is he calls it the Game Pass, which I find actually quite <laughs> apt. Um, but so he, it's he, like, he, does he go home and pray to Shroud, like the Game yeah. Pass? <laughs> so he was asking if I'd played like Super Liminal and he was like, oh, it's on Game Pass. And then he was like, do you play Tetris Effect? I was like, yeah, I love Tetris Effect. He's like, oh, it's on Game Pass. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, they added that. Mm. And then he was like, have you played the co-op? And I was like, no, uh, I actually haven't. I remember they added that. So he's like, okay, we'll play tonight. That co-op is unbelievable. Like, so, so the, the, there's there's various multiplayer modes, there's like versus and stuff like that. But the main one that we played, um, and the one that I guess gave the uh, current version of the game its name, is called Connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it is is a three versus one co-op mode where it's like three players uh versing a ai and the oh. ai each ai you face is like a specific boss character and each boss has its own powers so you go through two phases attack and defense uh so when you're playing in defense each player has their own board and you're mm-hmm. just trying to survive essentially yeah and the more lines you clear, the faster you get out of uh, the defense phase. Mm. Um, but during this phase, the boss is also playing on its own board and can, when it clears lines, uh, can firstly send garbage your way and then also um, activate like certain powers specific to the boss. So, uh, for example, one of them was like it made the pieces bigger. So mm-hmm. a square is usually four blocks. Now it's eight. Um, hmm. or a line is like eight lines long. Um, it does, there was one power where it duplicates the pieces. So imagine you've got a, a T piece. Now you've got two T pieces together. And when you rotate it, they rotate and, you know, step with each other. So it's much harder to place. Mm. Um, there's things where it will be like, it will rotate, uh, your current board. So if you're building a good well, suddenly it will like pick three rows out of that that structure you've built and just rotate them like four four spaces to the right so you, your oh. board's completely fucked um so stuff like that and then then when you go into attack phase holy shit then it turns into almost like luminous so mm. what happens is it takes all three players boards and combines them into one and you uh, take no. turns placing pieces but you can now place pieces across the span of the entire board uh, and also in this mode it goes into the tetris effect zone mode i don't know if you're familiar with it um no so when you're in zone essentially any line that you complete gets placed at the bottom of the board so you're okay. not incentivized to go for 
tetrises, which is like four line mm. clears, you just incentivize to clear as much as you can because okay. as soon as you clear, your bo- your board is cleared. Okay. So um, when you're playing in this co-op mode and taking turns, you're just frantically trying to work together to clear as many lines as possible because mm. then the number of lines that you clear when it shifts back into the next phase is all sent to the boss and that's how you kill him. Okay. You're trying to like get him yeah. to fail. But that that mode where it combines everything is just fucking crazy because it's just, it's like you have to think outside of just your small lane. You've like mm. suddenly got this really wide board to think about. And then sometimes pieces are color-coded purple. So what that will mean is they 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 will drop. So if um if I put a a square down and there's a gap next to uh the you know the one half of the square, those pieces will break off the square and drop down as opposed okay. to you know normally Jesus, they're just yeah. static and then you fuck yeah. yourself, you know. Okay. So there's a lot to think about and it's like the first round or two is a bit taxing to try and yeah like collect all these rules in your head but boy when you get into the flow it is just is it actual drugs <laughs> it's crazy fun like we played for an hour and i was just like i was like holy shit tetris has got me again it's <laughs> it's so good so it's a game so good. that keeps on giving even decades it later. really is like and now that it's on it's on game pass on pc and xbox so like I mean, if you have never um, played Tetris Effect, yeah, just, I need to, I need to play it. I, I oh my have. god, its single player is so good, like unbelievably good. It, I mean, this is the game that got me into Tetris. Yeah, uh, I was never really into Tetris before Tetris Effect, and then I, you know, I kind of just wanted to just see what it was about, and Tetris Effect is like, I think the best form because you can play it at your own pace. You can play it like really competitively and then it's mm. just got like really good visuals and really good music so yeah i must yeah. give it a bash it's also it's also on um switch now is it not yeah i uh, which i which saw I think, it yesterday and i was like hmm. <laughs> we mentioned though like tetris tetris is you know a, a basic game in terms of you know how it works but i think tetris effect you've said it's got some pretty wild physics and effects happening not physics, sorry, effects happening. So I don't know how it'll work on Switch, but I mean, Tetris yeah, effect I'm, on the go? I'm curious because it's it really is like visually intensive mm. uh, when you get into it. So, I you know, I think a lot of that will be paired back, but then you've also got Tetris on a mobile platform, and I mm. think that is fucking cool. And you uh, hold your Switch vertically. Oh, God. <laughs> we I, presume. Yeah, that, that's another thing because the Switch from a you know mobile standpoint is quite, I mean, 16 by nine doesn't give mm. you a lot of vertical space. So either your board's just going to be really small or you won't see the, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that game in VR as well is, uh, is a transcendent drugs. experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's something real. So yeah, I, uh, I really, Played really Played some Tetris effect. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, I uh, finished off Outer Wilds. Uh, nice. Expe- you know, it's not DLC. It's a it's a fucking full blown expansion. It's a, game. It's a sequel, uh, sure. Because this thing has taken me fifteen hours to finish. <laughs> so <laughs> it is long. Like I was not expecting that. Um. So yeah, Echoes of the Eye is the expansion for uh, Outer Wilds. Mm-hmm. I think I spoke about this a bit last week. You you, um, you touched it. Yeah. You you basically yeah. gave um. I guess a, a an overview of you know it's different to the main game. It's different mechanics. 
Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that hasn't, you know, finishing it hasn't really changed a lot of that. I think mm. all it did was um, expand on many of the mechanics that I spoke about last week. And again, I don't want to get into like details of the Actual mechanics spoilers, because I think, yeah. yeah, I think the the game, like any sort of mention of new mechanics is a spoiler in itself. Um, yeah. And the game is new enough that I don't, you know, I think maybe when you're done with it, we can do another like, can do deep proper, dive yeah. into it. Um, I will say that I enjoyed it. I definitely mm -hmm. appreciated how the game didn't depend on knowledge that you would have acquired from the main game. So you can definitely jump into this first. Uh, although I do feel that it expects a certain way of thinking from you that you would have only, I think, gotten from the the main game. Not yeah. in terms of like tricks that you need to learn to finish the main game, just in sort of like understanding its language and how the game operates, you know, like yeah. when you get stuck, what you're kind of expected to do to figure that out. Um, yeah. There are parts that I don't like. Um, they've I added, know. they've added certain, they've added a single mechanic and certain sections to the game that I think just don't fit. Um, okay. They, they come nearish like the end and you have to like put up with them. There's no way around them. And I think the thing that happens is it makes the the time loop feel tedious for the first time. Um, okay. So I, I never felt like the time loop in the main game or in most of this expansion was tedious at all. Mm -hmm. I thought it all was perfectly balanced in service of your your discoveries. But yeah, this specific part... I know I'm trying to be vague because if, if I say what it is, it, it gives then away a huge yeah. portion of this game. Um, yeah, I I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't like it that much. I, yeah. it, it was not my favorite part of the game. But the um, the eventual like sort of like pin drop, like I get what I need to do to finish this was like mm. super satisfying. Yeah, and that's, also that's a, complete, a complete subversive it was completely different to what I thought I needed to do. Um, yeah. Which was like super surprising. I was like, oh, it's... Because at one point, I was meant to be gathering certain pieces of information. And every time I found the pieces of information, they were, um, let's say, damaged or I couldn't do anything with them. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? Am I missing something? Like, am I not getting to places at the right time? Or am I mm. getting to them at the wrong time? Whatever. And then I realized, like, yeah, it just it completely flipped things on its head, like to a mm. way where it contextualized what I needed to do there. Actually, okay. so very nice. smart, very like incredibly smart game. Um, I think what what is cool as well is that it doesn't interfere with the story of the main game at all. Mm. It just adds to it. That's um, cool. So it doesn't. This expansion doesn't try and say, oh, that thing you thought about the story in the main game that's actually wrong. It's just like, this was a thing that existed in the universe and you just <coughs> never realized it mm. beforehand. But it doesn't change, it doesn't fundamentally change the message or the conclusion of Outer Wilds. It just yeah. adds on to it, nice. um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, really good. Um, it, it's kind of a bit sad that you don't bounce between planets in this one. It's all localized to one area. But that oh, okay. area itself has specific like sub areas that feel like mm. their own 
Bio like little puzzles. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. I'm a lot, and also the music is just sublime. Like mm. it's different, but it's so good. Like um, they, uh, a, lo- a lot of the beginning of the game, you will be spending on a raft on water and traveling. And the, uh, the music that accompanies that is just incredible. Like really, nice. really good. Every time I'm on the water and just like river rafting, I'm just like jamming <laughs> to the music. And it's then really Mamiya good. starts telling you a story like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Where <laughs> did, did you come, come from? from? <laughs> <laughs> and Atreus yeah, is there just like sulking <laughs> in the corner. I'm just like, oh, hi. Oh, okay. I, I'm very keen for this expansion. I just need to, I mean, you, you messaged me a few times over the last week or two saying, you know, like either, uh, oh my God, I just figured out what to do or I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm I got very, stuck a few times. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm very keen. I don't know, having played uh, Outer Wilds now, I understand how this sort of game works. You know, it's mm. one of those things where you putting together breadcrumbs to figure out how to proceed. So I'm almost wondering if, if I start, you know, hitting the same point job i'm like oh my god what am i meant to do do i just put the game aside and think about it come back after a day or two try for an hour or two you know i'm trying to decide how to actually mm, play it but mm. i guess i'll only really know when i get down to it maybe mm. i'll pull an, an outer wilds like i did the first time and just play for like 20 hours solid <laughs> well, <laughs> like I in mean, the space I, of I a played, week yeah. i played like a bit every night so mm. if i got stuck i would like you know, have a day to like kind of ponder things. And when mm. I got back to it, I was like, okay, let me try this actually. Yeah. Um, and nine times out of 10, the game is so, uh, I don't understand how they design this, but the game is so intelligent in giving you enough information that you come up with a, like an outlandish idea of like, maybe I'm meant to do this. And then mm. when you do it, that's exactly what the game wants you to do. Yeah. And you just feel like, you're like, oh my God, I'm a fucking genius. Mm. Like I, yeah, those, those I took the this moments small breadcrumb and I put it together. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, we've spoken about this at length in our spoiler episode, everything, but the number of times I've, I was audibly like, oh, like, oh my God, mm. I can't believe this is what I have to do. I had so many of those in Outer Wilds and I'm, Sincerely hope I get many more of those. Um, it's very good. In this, in this expansion slash DLC uh, slash standalone good. game. Uh, I, I, will, I will just mention that there's something that isn't explicitly like messaged in the game itself. And mm. I wonder if they might change it because like they mentioned it in the reviewer's guide. Um, they're uh, like, once you finish the DLC, go back and do the, the loop of the main game like get mm. to the ending of the main game again because there's some additions there now based on if you finish the DLC or not. And like okay. the game makes no real messaging of that. The DLC has a very finite like you are done type mm. of thing. So I would just advise anyone who's played and who hasn't maybe done that to do that. It's sort of like the um uh, the God of War thing. Like the, the game never tells you to go back to your house in God of War, but there's mm. like a very big story moment that happens when you do. So Yeah, which teases... You know, the, the, the next game. So, yeah. so yeah. I, I do, I, I completely hear you, but I do think knowing the Outer Wilds fan base, many of them probably, like if you haven't played the game for a year or two, I have to believe that you would play the expansion and go back just out of curiosity. Like, I wonder if I remember how to do the main loop. Um, just like so, me who like completely forgot. Yeah. 
My yeah. goodness. But I'm, I'm glad I played this game recently because coming back like you after so long, I would have forgotten so much. No, I'm glad I replayed it recently because it helped me get my head into that space again. Mm, um, yeah. So yeah, game's good. And like I said, it it feels like a full-blown expansion because mm. yeah, it's, it took me 15 hours to finish. And obviously your mileage may vary. That really depends on um, how <laughs> you pick up on the game's puzzles. But this mm. this expansion alone took me an hour to figure out how to start because the start of it is a puzzle in itself. So nice um yeah actually very cleverly now looking back at the trailers the trailers actually don't give much way outside of giving you hints on how to start the dlc it's very smart <laughs> like every spoiler in the trailer is only a spoiler for the game's very first puzzle and nothing else like amazing it's, it's pretty how genius. it should be yeah nice. it's pretty genius so yeah cool that's out to wild yeah what oh, have you wild. been up to so let me just get a little a little timestamp here. Get some Stamp footage rolling. Um, so last week we spoke about Far Cry 6 at length. I mean, we did a... Well, actually, sorry, we didn't speak about it on the main episode. If you missed it, um, mm-hmm. earlier this week we did a, we uploaded a YouTube video um, with wow. our... Uploaded a video <laughs> ignore, on the YouTube. Uploaded, yeah, uploaded a video on YouTube with our impressions on... Well, it's, it was basically a review in progress because mm. I'd played a lot of the game, but I hadn't finished the game yet. So if you want like a, an in-depth dive into it, you know, go check it out on YouTube. It's a little 36-minute segment. But otherwise, I finally rolled credits on Far Cry 6 and I can say that, you know, having never played a Far Cry before, but knowing how the Far Cry franchise is, it is, for all intents and purposes, a Far Cry. It's the mm-hmm. same... Same formula, um, but I enjoyed it because I'm I'm new to the franchise. I, I missed Far Cry Four and Five and all the in between stuff, and yeah, I had a great time. I think I spent my my PlayStation profile time is wrong. It says I played this game for ten hours. I'm like, there's no way. It's yeah, like it must wrong. be, it must be about twenty to twenty five hours um, that I spent playing the game. So you did you did get through it at a. A much faster pace than I thought you would. Um, but I guess at, at some point you were just mainlining a lot of the things because like there's like three massive islands that make up or yeah. four massive so, islands that make up this game. So Yeah, exa- it's exactly that. It was a thing of like every now and then I'd maybe just detour to to tick off a box or do a thing mm-hmm. that I was just like, well, that's fun to do. Um, but sure, for all intents and purposes, just to try and make it to the end of the game in a speedy manner, I did mainline. And I mean... Even the fact that it took me twenty to twenty-five hours, like doing that, there's a lot of game here. Oh, um, of so, course, yeah. I mean, if if you had to tick off everything on the map, I, I'd have to guess you're looking at maybe like forty, thirty-five, forty, maybe yeah. give or Getting take into a few. The region of the Assassin's Creed games. There, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe longer. I mean, there's a lot to do, and but I mean, even when you finish the game, there's actually the um, post-game content where. I mean, there is going to be DLC, we know this, but mm-hmm. there is existing post-game content where every week, um, you know, one part of the island gets taken back and there's sort of, you know, some submissions to, you know, take back, take back over it. Um, it's almost so like I a just, living game. I, I just have to point you to the footage now. I got attacked by 
like birds. crows, I can see. Yeah, <laughs> it's climbing this tower, which actually gave me a fright because I was not expecting. <laughs> and you're just like trying to look at it, this beautiful. I'm view, just like trying to man, figure out how the, to scale this thing without falling off. And <laughs> this, this game is like golden. Out. Wow, you took out a minigun to kill these birds. It didn't that work. Is ridiculous, Matthew. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, but this this Shotgun game is like, <laughs> what if the what if, like all the time in the world was just dusk and dawn because that's how our game looks the best. I feel like this game is in a persistent state of golden hour um, well, and it looks it, beautiful for it. It's so funny because I put up, I took a, a screenshot at, you know, sunset of using the game's operational but not great photo mode and I put it on Reddit and I was like, because I've seen in some reviews people saying like, uh, well, reviews and on Twitter people saying like, oh, this game doesn't look good. Mm. and i was kind of taken aback because i started up and i was actually taken aback by how good it does look but yeah, you know to your same. point it only really looks that good when it is the golden hour the sun's peeking through the trees everything so i put it on reddit and it got a lot of attention and there's no middle ground people are either like yeah this game is the best looking far cry game or the best looking game on my pc or people saying like no, it's it's disastrous. Like Ubisoft should be ashamed. Um, yeah. But look, looking at it now, it is a thing of people acknowledge like the game. The game looks as good as a Far Cry Five or Four. Like the engine hasn't changed, but some of the textures they've pointed out like don't look great. And I do mm. wonder if it is a thing of when we installed the game, we had to have the HD texture pack downloaded. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, have they missed that? Because like, apparently get... it's it's fucked up on PC. So yeah, I, like I some some people just don't know that. So they having this experience going, my God, like these textures are low res, and it's like, I don't know. Is, looking at looking at my footage, I'm like, it's it's really pretty. Is it <laughs> like, is it is your footage like all jittery on your side, or is it just maybe the streaming through Discord? Because no, I no, it might tell. just be might just be the streaming on Discord. Because on my okay. side, it seems fun but a smooth okay yeah that, that's You're- another thing um it is uh i mean i haven't seen a digital foundry breakdown of it but uh this game seems to run at 60 like really solidly on ps5 um mm. like i was actually i didn't see any settings for fidelity or performance it just kind of like defaults it to, just defaults yeah, yeah which i think is great because i mean shooters benefit from additional fluidity so i mean when we got code for ps5 i was like okay it's going to be a 30 because like far cry mm. 5 was 30 um so yeah i was actually quite surprised that it it feels as good as but, it does and looks as good as it does you know it still looks like a far cry it's still built on the same technology um mm. so that means like especially character models don't seem that impressive um but it's also a a lot um you know it's a cross cross uh generational exactly. game it's, it's available yeah. on, and it looks um, it, i think it looks great on the the, the new consoles uh, just yeah uh, just but, also just visual variety it looks real nice exactly yeah. but they, there's something weird like they they intentionally as far as yes, i know what headshots you're getting amazing <laughs> the, the cinematics in this game I, I suppose for you know cinematic effects are locked to 30 frames per second yeah. which is why you and they're i not when we started in, they're not it, like um they pre-rendered yeah but it not, doesn't do the game any favors because no, the doesn't. the cinematics look worse than the actual game, and it's like it's kind of meant to be the other way around. You know, yeah, the cinematics are meant great. to be like, oh, this is pre-rendered. Of course, this isn't in like in engine, whatever. But it's 
it doesn't look great, which no. I don't know. It, it's a weird choice. Um, I, I do like though that there are cutscenes because like Oh yeah, 100%. I, I mean you you coming from a background where you haven't played many Far Cries, the, the big addition here that I quite like is an actual character as a protagonist. Mm. Um, you know, Far Cry three had its rich jock boy, um oh, what was his name? Jason something? Jason. Um he was just fucking awful, just like an awful protagonist. Um and then like four and five went the sort of like silent protagonist route. Um, I can't actually say for certain now if they didn't say anything at all, but they weren't characters. They were more just caricatures for you to project mm. onto. Yeah. Um, but like Far Cry 6 has Danny Rojas and he or she, depending on your, mm. your choice, is a character that you see in third person who mm. you know has their own characterization. And I think... That to me is the strongest addition in this game uh, when comparing it to older entries. Yeah, uh, and I really like Danny. Um, yes, same. I thought the character was very likable. Um, had some great moments, and Danny's a just, far better character than the actual villain of the game, in in, in my view. And villains uh, of Far Cry which, has usually been yeah. very strong. So yeah, but it's also interesting that you know Anton Castile is played by uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who's a, if you don't know who that is, it's um, the chicken man from Breaking Bad, <laughs> which I think is just the, probably his, his most recognizable role. Mm. And we we did mention in our uh, review in progress that he plays, it's, he plays the villains very well because it is this thing of, he comes across as very like subdued, but the, the way it conveys things you like oh god like don't mess mm. with this guy like and he, he does exactly that in this game where he, you know he's old presidente trying to you know make yara a better place but doing it in a not so you know <laughs> ethical I, way if i could put it that way i think he does pretty well with the material he's given mm. like he's got that foreboding scary yeah. nature i just think his character is not that interesting um, yeah it's it's yeah. very much you know for all intents and purposes, a paint-by-numbers dictator. Yeah. Um, yeah. They aren't having rolled credits now. There aren't moments in the game, to my knowledge, that made me go like, damn, this is a... This villain's like really, you know, head and shoulders mm. above whoever else. Uh, but yeah, like you said, given his material, I think he does the performance very well. Yeah, He's um, he's doing the Giancarlo Esposito voice and the, the foreboding... Not mm. foreboding, just like unnerving it's like, uh, like yeah. speech and you know in breaking bad that was his whole thing uh his character in breaking bad was obviously a lot more complex and layered mm. i think uh castillo is just like like you said very he is a dictator and kills people and people hate him and he tries to convince himself that he's right it's like you've seen this sort of yeah uh, character in so many forms of media before there's nothing surprising or interesting yeah. about him so um, and and they try and get you to they they try and build this tension of like oh his son is the one who doesn't who like is kind of rejecting his father's ideals and even that is just like fairly mm, boring i find as yeah. well so yeah yeah so i mean on that like coming into the game or well, into the franchise fresh like uh, just to repeat i really enjoyed it um but it it just made me realize that there are going to be i think three distinct audiences in this game and that'll probably 
you know, determine whether you enjoy the game or not. So I think it goes without saying, if you like Far Cry, you've loved three, four and five, you love the formula, the whole thing of ticking off, you know, objectives on a huge open map. I don't mm-hmm. see you not liking this game because it, it really is more of that just in a, you know, different setting, I guess, a more tropical Cuban inspired setting. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's, fake Cuba. Yeah, it's, it's fake not even Cuba. trying so to if, not be that. Yeah. So if, if, you know, if you like Far Cry and you want to run around a fake Cuba, you're definitely going to like this. Um, if you are expecting an evolution of the Far Cry formula, uh, you're probably going to be disappointed because it it doesn't change what came before. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's there's no standout like, wow, I can't believe they've done this differently or anything um, like that. I think maybe more accurate would be like the things that they do try and change feel very inconsequential. Um, okay, yeah. Like, you know, like you're just looking now, you've got this thing on your back called a Supremo, mm. which for all intents and purposes is like an ulti <laughs> like in a game. Um, You've also got far more granular um, gun customization and then obviously mm. the gear system, which is like gear has numbers mm. and points attached, which are meant to prevent you or empower you to take on certain regions but i mean they don't really factor they 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 to me they come off as more of an annoyance than anything else yeah it's, um, it doesn't there's no i completely there's no it, it, there's a it's a gear system but it doesn't work in the same way that say like sorry for the blunt comparison it's not like a diablo where you play the game you get a better you know chest piece whatever it's you know, that gives you more armor. It's more thing of you equip this chest piece because it lets you reload faster or something. Yeah. It's very like, you know, the the inconsequential is just the right way to put it, I guess. It's mm-hmm. not like a game changing thing. You're not gonna pick up Lutica like, wow, I can't believe I got a, no. a rare golden chest piece that lets me, you know, reload twice as fast and do this. It's I mean, yeah. you, you you would know because you've played more, but you you i assume you stuck to a specific uh, loadout for long stretches i of time. had yeah that, that yeah. rifle you saw me using earlier that's a rifle i had from the very beginning of the game yeah i just customized because it you, how i liked because it because you can and, headshot people and people die so it's yeah. like what that, what's you know i'm kind of glad that they didn't they didn't go full like division on this yeah. because the division is very much a diablo like in that mm. sense where it's like if you don't have the best gear you will not do damage Mm. but at the same time then i don't understand why the system exists at all um like yeah. they try and emphasize at the start like oh you need to scout your enemies and some are weak to soft shell rounds and some are need armor piercing rounds and, and it's like no you can just kind of shoot them in the mm. head and they're okay you know so yeah. i get that that was an attempt to try and spice things up but like because of how little you actually interact with that system it just feels like it doesn't even exist so yeah 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 but overall i did enjoy the game so yeah yeah i'm having a good time with it too um i'm enjoying it far more than five i thought five was a real bad far cry um and i was already like kind of like over the formula there and i'm not like suddenly changed and i think the formula needs to evolve but at mm. least this is a fun sandbox with a fun protagonist. Um, yeah. It feels like a first-person just cause in so many ways. Like, it, it is yeah, all I, about mayhem and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I, was, I mean, I even reckon you could throw in a bit of... It feels a little bit like GTA in some mm. 
some instances. It is um, totally self-aware that it mm. is a playful destruction sandbox. I mean, even your um, your protagonist's friend, the gorilla, I forget his name now. Um, Juan. Juan. <laughs> like, he's like, I know you just came back here just because you like to blow shit up. And Danny's mm. like, yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, the game is, it knows. It knows mm. that its strength is like giving you that power fantasy and it doesn't want to be mm. anything more than that. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're in for that, I think Far Cry 6 fits the ball. Mm. Yeah, it's good fun. Pick it up on a self, yeah, I'm sure. But it is good fun. Can't yeah, confirm. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Oh, last note, the horses control like ass. Oh <laughs> my God. We, we spoke about this in the, arc- in the arcade horse, horse, horse racing. I, I hate it. I just... It feels so wrong. It mm. I, I can't pinpoint. And actually, you pinpointed it. You like they control like cars, and that's correct. Mm. They just they don't handle like real horses. It it's a complete break in my brain. So yeah, yeah I don't like them. There's no like accelerating. Them. It's like full pace brake. Tur- turning is like instant. So, it, but it's kind of annoying because like traveling on the horseback is kind of cool. Like it yeah. seems like a cool way to get around the island, but. Boy, it just feels bad. I just don't mm. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Far Cry 6. So very, very quickly, I'll touch on two other things I played this week. Um, the first being this past weekend, there was the Battlefield 2040, uh, 2042 open beta. Um, you had earlier access if you, you know, pre-order the games you've probably been playing, or those people played from early last week. Um, yeah, I just, I'm curious to see what Battlefield feels like and plays like now because the last two Battlefields have been, you know, World War One and World War Two inspired. And, you know, I enjoyed the single player campaign of the World War One one, which was Battlefield One. <laughs> which You're getting yourself weirdly, all twisted up here. Yeah, yeah. Battlefield One set in World War One. Then they jump back <laughs> to Battlefield Five set in World ba- War Two. Battlefield One confusing. was the one with the vignettes, right? Yeah. And I think yeah, Battlefield that, that Five also good, has yeah. vignettes, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're far more like scaled back, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I missed, you know, that those old school World War shooters. I, I'm more of a uh, I love Battlefield, but I've played more of Battlefield 3 and 4, which is, you know, modern day shooters. And Battlefield 2042 is, you know, in the not too distant future. So mm. it's, you know, it draws comparisons to Battlefield 3 and 4 because it looks very similar. You know, it's this modern day slash futuristic shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just jumped in to see what it looked like because I've put a ton of time into multiplayer back in the day. And whew, the betas are very rough around the edges is all I'll say. I, lo- I've, I loaded into a game basically into the bottom of the map <laughs> unable to do anything had to load back in and then even when i was in there were uh, i mean this is my experience i have seen people saying like the bat the bait is fine they're having a good time um but i've seen people rag doling uh, rag doling doling rag doling <laughs> rag doling rag doling i um, love to rag dole around the map yeah <laughs> um and yeah just I was telling you before we started recording that I have a, I mean, I've got a relatively powerful PC. You know, I've got 32 gigs of RAM. I've got a 2070 RTX Super, uh, a ninth gen R7. It's like, this shouldn't make my PC cry, but it just didn't feel battery smooth despite me 
putting settings down you know even mm, mm. i blowed things i locked it to 60 frames per second medium settings and it just doesn't feel good to me but i mean i'm assuming that's maybe an optimization thing that yeah you know, will be smoothed yeah. out either on launch or in the months to come mm. um but you know having stuck it out a little bit i did have moments where i'm like oh this is battlefield like i love mm. battlefield it is there's no other game on the market um, I can't say that that's a very sweeping statement, but there are very few other games in the market that give you that proper sense of like, I'm just on a huge battlefield where there's just so much going on and it's just chaos. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's jets flying in the sky. There are tanks fighting each other nearby. There's just gunfire everywhere. Yeah, there's stuff and that's, happening all the time. Yeah, yeah, the scale of that, like very few games get that right. And yeah, I could see myself enjoying this game if, you know, on launch it's you know <laughs> polished yeah, and like not poly- so rough yeah. around the edges especially I mean, since it's only multiplayer there's no single exactly, player component yeah. at all so exactly. like you know in in a world where we've got Halo Infinite giving out its multiplayer for free we've got Call of Duty Warzone for free Fortnite for free you've got Battlefield coming in like our multiplayer is $70 so mm. As soon as you're going to do that, that should better be polished. Like, mm. it better be on a level where you can be like, I feel justified in paying for this where other games are making it a free service. So, mm. yeah. I think they've got an uphill battle in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see that play out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm keen to see how it plays out as well because I love Battlefield. Like, mm. it's one of those games where... I can't say I'm a, you know, but I'm not the Call of Duty version of a Battlefield fan. Like, I do dip in now and then, but I do love my time with the game. So, I sincerely hope it pans I, out. I, I touched on it for, like, I played one match, maybe. Um, and, I mean, I've said many times, I'm not like you. I'm not a huge Battlefield guy. And it, mm. It's like, yeah, it feels like Battlefield, so that's cool. I normally mm. just load it up just because I want to see how it looks because it's usually a a visual showcase. Mm. I didn't find it that visually like striking, which I found mm. odd. Um, because playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 or Battlefield 5, I loaded up, I'm like, damn, this this is a good looking game, you know? Mm. This one was just like, oh, okay, you know, it looks like looks like Frostbite, yeah. Um mm. But uh it felt good. Um and the destruction, like you said, you 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 basically playing these like small proxy wars. So you're with your mm. squad and you are focusing on your squad, not really like where other people are on the map um, while you mm. kind of like work together towards an objective. So that's cool. Um, yeah. I'd probably, if, you know, if it was free, I would dip in with you here and there, mm. but I'm not going to spend $70 on Yeah, on I was going to say, if, if you squad up, that game is a different experience. It's I can a imagine. lot of fun yeah. playing with friends and like just working together to do shit. I like then imagine. you then you 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 all pick a class and it is a thing of we're going to survive. Like we've got a medic, we're going to spawn on each other and do shit together yeah so i definitely um, feel like i haven't had that experience with battlefield because i've never given it the chance with the mm, squad so yeah. i can see why that would be good um yeah so yeah I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping this is good because it feels like to me battlefield 5 just kind of like did not deliver for long time battlefield fans so yeah yeah um and then other than that i've been playing oh my god what did i do in the sheet here <laughs> I lost it. I lost my timestamp, damn it. Oh, um, enjoy your uh, editing. Oh my god. No, it's fine. I've got it. Um we got a review code for a little Nintendo game I've been very excited for. 
Uh, Metroid Ball Dread. Simulator 2021. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I dipped into that for about an hour last night. I haven't really had time to, you know, really sink my teeth into it. But what I can say thus far is that it runs beautifully. It's mm-hmm. it's always amazing how the Switch is this, for all intents and purposes, this underpowered uh, console compared to, you know, any modern day PC or the PS5 and Xbox and even Xbox One and PS4. And, you know, I'm not talking, you know, Metroid's not this uncanny value, like, wow, so realistic. I can't tell mm. the difference, mm. whatever. But just its style and the fluidity of its animations, it's you're like, damn, this is running on my handhold. This is mm-hmm. really, really cool. Um, so on that front, I'm, I'm really like, damn, I, I want to see what this looks like on the OLED now because yeah. that screen oof, yeah. makes those colors really pop. <laughs> and, and also just the, uh, the sort of like, darkness and negative space will mm, actually feel like really, dark yeah yeah so um but yeah in terms of the actual game again still early days but it's a you know sorry for it's the a expression it, it's a metroidvania <laughs> <laughs> it's one half of the you know the metroidvania genre so i i'm just exploring a part of the map seeing things that i cannot access yet and then you know doing something Maybe whether it be fighting a miniboss or stumbling into a room and getting a upgrade, which then lets me dig a little deeper into the map. And yeah, like it's it's that genre of game. So I know that I'm going to proceed through it and then come back to unlock stuff as I get different abilities. And that's a satisfying loop. Like I love it games is, like that. Yeah. We, we've both played the likes of Hollow Knight and Ori and those are very much built the same way where... Yeah you're dipping back and forth between areas because you're just getting different abilities. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a, a long time since I've actually played a 2D Metroidvania, a mm. Metroid game. I mean, the last, I think you, I said to you before we started recording, the last one I played might have been actual Super Metroid, like not on the SNES, but years later. Um, but I've only really played 3D Metroid since then. So I'm quite keen to see how this game goes back to you know the heyday of metroid on the 2d front because it's been a long time since we've had a really good 2d game mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah i'm i'm equally keen to jump i unlike you i've played a lot of metroidvanias this year i mean <laughs> i only played ori and the will of the wisps this year and i played castlevania symphony of the night this year mm. so my brain is super tuned. It's, it's ready for ready, Metroid yeah. Dread. And uh, yeah. like I was telling you before the show, I've never played a Metroid. So mm. this will be my first one. And I'm, for all intents and purposes, reading reviews, it seems to be a very it good seems. one. Yeah. Mm. And and a surprising one at so, because it's been so long since Metroid has been given the correct treatment. Exactly. Um, and what, what this game does different to others in the series i stand to be corrected but there are these enemies called emmys uh i don't know if it's like the awards you win if you're in a series the emmy awards they hunt you down and they say hey great performance on that tv show (laughs) like oh (laughs) no but they they certain areas of the map from what i've played already thus far they are these enemies that move about specific areas that you cannot kill um Mm. oh so you can't even like damage them or anything no well where yes you are no. now put it where i way. am now yeah okay um so if they see you you have to run and that in itself is 
created some great moments of oh god <laughs> i need to outrun this thing curl up in a ball and roll lest it catch me there's also this really sorry i'm just going to pivot off that quickly there's this really cool um function or thing which i don't know if it was a thing in previous metro games as well but you have a counter oh. um yeah which i which i didn't expect you can actually counterattack enemies which it's very satisfying because if you is in like counter, a melee counter or yeah like like a proper melee counter so mm. if they attack you and you melee counter you basically knock them away and you can do an attack for extra damage um and it's really satisfying i mean i'm fighting very easy enemies at the moment so it's stri- like super easy to counter them um but it's just nice that that exists i didn't expect Listen, good feeling of, counters are like ninety percent of why I love games. So I'm in. This is why Bloodborne's so good. You yeah, pull off a counter like one in a hundred times. Great. Yeah, same with Sekiro. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's great. great. Yeah. Okay, that's that's so interesting. I'm, um, yeah, so I'm I'm keen to really sink my teeth into this game in the week to come. I'm, I'm kind of a bit bummed that you know, Metroid is. <sighs> It, it has many different games and some of them uh, play off each other in terms of story and Metroid Dread is a sequel to Metroid Fusion which came out like years mm. and years ago um, so like playing this I'll miss the context of that story so um, they, they do open with a cinematic um, which okay. I, I have to read up I, th- I think it basically encapsulates the story of um, it was, you said it's Metroid Fusion. Fusion, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what the opening... Because, I mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't played Metroid Fusion. But it explains, like, this, 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 this. And in my head, it's like, I wonder if that's what happened in Metroid Fusion. Now it's setting up for where this game mm. starts, whatever. Mm. So I'm, mm. I just need to read up on that. But I, I think it could be that. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but um, Metroid Prime... Because Metroid Prime 4 is currently being developed. But mm. the Metroid Prime games are first person they first correct? person yeah so i mm. think i actually when i bought i bought the original nintendo ds when it first came out mm-hmm. and on there was a demo for a metroid that was i didn't even know it was metroid at the time i was just like oh here's this cool first person shooter where i can curl up into a ball that's pretty cool and it was a short demo of that and i have was, no idea what game that is was it metroid hunters may because that's that's a game I had on DS as well. It was actually like a... It's interesting. It had multiplayer. I could play that with... I played a bunch of that with my brother, if I'm not mistaken, if we're thinking of the same game. Okay, I see it's a DS game. Oh, yeah. This this looks like it. Yeah, this definitely... Because it had the... the It was weird because you had to use the touchscreen to... To aim. To aim, yeah. And, And at the time, with my infantile brain, I couldn't like... (laughs) <laughs> wrap my head around like, only holding this? one side of the 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 uh, mm. console yeah it was definitely this okay mm-hmm. so it wasn't a prime i thought it was like no. prime came out it on is like a, a spin-off something. something something okay that's cool i'm yeah. i'm still holding out hope that we will get a i'm Metroid sure we get prime a, a remaster or collection or something yeah. so yeah, that'll be cool to play because I guess that's a whole different type of of game um, mm. in first person. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's the games we've been playing this week. Actually, a lot. Um, I think that's five across the two of us. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to slow down. It's, it's not really gonna not going to slow down. Nope. Um, shall we get to? 
Should we get Game's to out. let's bounce to game releases? Uh, da, 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 just opening my link. God bless VG twenty four seven for their expansive list. <laughs> um, so we're looking at games here. launching from today, 9th of October, until let me just open up my good Windows ten Windows eleven calendar. Um, October fifteenth. Uh, oh my goodness okay uh okay um some stuff quite a bit there's one game here that i'm pretty sure is out already but okay uh book of travel steam early access pc october 11th mm-hmm. and then the game that i'm pretty sure is out already back for blood i've seen people playing this so it's i think there's early access uh if you if you yeah. I, I could be wrong but i think it's if you pre-ordered the game whatever you can play already okay um but yeah okay. I, I know it's coming out next tuesday yeah october 12th, 12th pc yeah. ps4 ps5 xbox it's also on game pass so i think it's only up on game pass then mm. yeah then we've got the rift breaker pc ps5 xbox series x and s that's interesting no the last gen consoles what is this now the rift breaker it's a next gen game Oh, it's like a, it looks like a mech. Oh, it's a base building survival game with action RPG elements. You are an elite scientist slash commando inside an advanced mecha suit capable of dimensional <laughs> rift travel. This looks fucking cool. Oh my I God. love the... This looks the, like Diablo, but you're in a mech. My God, it's... I just love the, the complete opposite sides of the spectrum being combined into one character. It's like you're an elite scientist and... Marine, a commander. <laughs> this looks pretty. What's it cool. called? Rift. The Rift, Rift Breaker. Breaker. Yeah. The, the Rift, Rift Breaker. The um, Rift Breaker. Yeah. It look. I mean, you've got base building, and then you've got what looks like a Diablo-like sort of gameplay. It looks real good. Like, holy shit. Okay, this is on my wish list now. Cool. Good lord. Um. Then. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, it does look like a. Diablo. Yeah, like a Diablo. It's looks rad. Looks really cool. Hmm. cool. Uh, then we've got Dungeon Encounters, PC, PS4, and Switch, October 14th. Aeon Must Die, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, October 14th. The Good Life, which is, uh, I think this is a sweary game. It's the one where you play as like a cat. Meow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's been... Man, I've I've heard of this game for like ages because it was like Kickstarter, then the Kickstarter failed, then it went up again on Kickstarter, then it succeeded, then it's been delayed, then yeah, but it's got a cat in it, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, October fifteenth. Oh my God, this name, Demon Slayer Dash, Kimetsu no Yaiba slash The Hinokami Chronicles slash <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is a game based on the popular anime Demon Slayer, which I've actually just finished watching the first, the only season that's out. Um, it's very good. I Nice. Everyone who said it's a great anime, totally correct. Very, very good. Um, so, yeah, it's a game. Anime games usually are garbage. So, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Have you never played know. the game? You don't know. Uh, that's Could out on great. October 15th. Then we've got NHL 2022, uh, October 15th. That's the ice. Ice hockey? In NHL? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ice hockey? Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's basically just like hits a puck and then you can press a button and turn it into one-on-one Tekken. Because that's my understanding yeah. of ice hockey is like you that can just fight. 
Um, and then the final game for this week, Crisis Remastered Trilogy. PC, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, uh, Switch, October 15th. Yo, the so Switch that, can run Crisis? Holy yeah, shit. <laughs> this is all three now. So they, they previously, you know, did a remaster of the first one. Now they've got mm. all three. Um, Amazing. Crisis, Crisis 3 is a good time. Uh, I enjoy Crisis I 3. played Crisis 1 and 2. I don't know if I played the third one. Maybe two I is, did. 2 at the mm. time was like, I played 2 and I was like, damn, this game looks fucking insane. It's so good. But like, when you go back and play it, it's not a great game. Like, it just doesn't mm. feel good. I think that it was visually like, whoa. Yeah, visually it was just like, holy Amazing. shit, this is insane. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see because they've added, you know, like ray tracing and all of that. So I just want to load this up and, it, you know, kind mm. of like melt my PC for a bit. Seems like fun, a fun time. Fun fact, the first, the first Far Cry was the precursor to the Crisis franchise, which I don't think a lot of people know. It's true. It was Far, Cry, Far, Cry, Far Cry 1 was a PC killer when it launched back in the day. It was a thing of like, you need a power PC to play this. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. also like an island shooter yeah, and then had aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, that's it for for this week. So, yeah. My uh, goodness. Should we then get to the news news uh, what not tons happening what do you want to headline with what is the the biggest news this week hmm. uh, hmm. it's not the biggest news for me personally but i felt like it was the biggest news of the week for sure uh sora is in smash <gasps> wait do i have that open no how do i not have this Oh, got God. you I'm, nailed it i'm the worst okay you sora's in smash that's sora <laughs> that's is in to... smash yeah so um Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, final DLC character was revealed um, in what may or may not be Sakurai's last like direct for maybe ever. Let this mm-hmm. man rest. He's been working on He's been working Smash Brothers so since 1998. Um, but apparently Sora, who is from obviously Kingdom Hearts, was mm-hmm. one of the most requested characters back in the day when they put out like a... Uh, like a questionnaire oh, on who who um would want to be added to you know smash from the community mm. side um so yeah uh, i you know sakurai made a big deal of like it was hard getting saurian and i don't doubt that because like disney and <laughs> you, you know what is funny Squeaks is that when, and, when he yeah. said that i was like i was like but you've got cloud and sephiroth you've got these square enix characters like what is the big deal i don't, I don't get the only later i was like oh yeah Sora's like technically a disney property yep well kingdom hearts is a disney property like, so it's like straight up a disney oh property, yeah. i get it now okay that's why i had to jump through hoops to make this work yeah um but yeah what a look the kingdom hearts knows a game i'd probably love i have but i have never played them have no affinity to Sora anything I loved watching the reactions to this reveal. This is like, this blue, it, okay, there's there are two camps. People going like, oh my God, like Sora, what is that? And people going, thank God, Sora. Like we've been asking for this for ever. So yeah, good good for you, Kingdom Hearts fans. You got this, you got the final character. There, there, there was so much fucking hype. Yeah, I, I'm with mm. you there where it was just like seeing people's reaction to this, like people so deeply embedded in, in the smash community like it mm. was kind of like really heartwarming to see it was mm. really really cool um 
as insufferable as that community can be at times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I you know, Sora was in there and he's got costumes from a bunch of games, but mm. unsurprisingly, there's like no other Disney characters. There's no like a mm. Goofy and Donald who are often. You yeah, know, with I thought the that they'd so. make a cameo, but nah. Can you imagine Disney is like, no, 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 it's not happening. The weirdest part of this announcement was that they announced that all three or all the Kingdom Hearts, like mainline games are coming to Switch, but all of them are cloud-based. cloud, yeah. Like I thought, okay, maybe the third one, sure, but one and two are cloud-based too, and that makes are, no fucking sense those are to me. old games. They are both PS2 games. Yeah, genuinely Switch, makes no sense to the me. The Switch can run those. It's sort of <laughs> wearing sure. Goofy's shoes. I just realized his shoes yeah, are so I, big. I also, I also noticed where on the reveal, I was like, why are his shoes so big? I mean, yes. it's obviously that intention, but those are big-ass shoes. <laughs> man bought a size 10 when he needed a size 5. Like, <laughs> Jesus. So he bought a size 15. <laughs> so obviously, with the new, you know, new character, there's new stages and mm. uh, Kingdom Hearts music as well. So people are fucking hyped about mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, uh, he's coming out October 18th and he'll cost yeah. $6 as standalone or he's part of the Fighters Pass Volume 2 if you've got that pack. Mm-hmm. So, now, so yeah, and he's the last character. Um, what happens with, with Smash now? We know Smash is done, right? There's no more DLC, yeah. so they say. But now... I don't know. <laughs> what happens in three to five years when they want to make a new Smash game? Do they reboots do like because that's that's how smash titles have worked in the past right like you have a game on the gamecube and it's this cast of characters then you release it on the wii and it's got some of the same characters but it doesn't keep all of them yeah i mean super smash ultimate was the one that went we're collecting every single character from everybody's here everybody's here which is great marketing and then you know supplementing it with 10 to 15 extra characters in the form of dlc now i'm like I don't know. You kind of set yourself up that in the future. What do you do? <laughs> what happens? You know, do do they, I don't know, do they do a Mario Kart where on the next Switch, whatever it is, the next Nintendo console, they just say, hey, here's Super Smash Ultimate, whatever the hell, Super Smash Ultimate Ultimate. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. It's uh, I have yeah. no idea, honestly, what they do with Smash in general for me. Like, I, you know, Sakurai said... Uh, before that he's kind of done now i mean he said mm. he said this before ultimate even started but i think now is like man, man is done with this franchise mm. um what a what a what a cool dude i love yeah he seems like a very cool dude he <laughs> he does seem like he's been way overworked on the series mm. um but at the same time you know he's not the single person on this series so I, exactly i yeah. genuinely think that if there are people that want to continue smash and there's enough uh you know dedicated oh, there's enough curiosity to to kind of mm. take it in a new direction. There are people on the team that could do that. Mm. Um, Sakura has said in the past that he's not leaving game development. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll go back to Kid Icarus because uh, he developed Kid Icarus Maybe Uprising back in 2008. So will pull a, a Koji Garashi and instead of making a new Castlevania, just make a complete spin-off, which is exactly the same as Smash. <laughs> God, no. I think I think this man is so done with he's fighting done, games. Yeah. Like, he's... I, I can't imagine, like, you, you've worked on the same sort of franchise for 22-some years. You want to do something yeah. creatively different. So, mm. Yeah. I hope he gets the well-deserved rest, him and everyone else on the team, mm. uh, because 
yeah, Smash Ultimate has been a real undertaking. It's mm. it's a crazy sort of product that Nintendo has put out and supported. So it's it's kind of it, cool. and it's a huge like properties and characters aside. Massive. It's a huge absolutely uh, jug- juggling act with all the balancing can you imagine the balancing of this game is Holy unbelievable hell. like yeah and, and and you know they take so much care like mm. into it like you watch these videos of them breaking down moves and how each player reacts to them based on their size and based on it is a mm. an insane undertaking so yeah and I, every every character they add they've got to give kirby the variants you know <laughs> yep i i've seen the kirby with the sora hair it's very cute it's great <laughs> very cute um so um, yeah that yeah. that was huge for this week and mostly curious to see where smash goes from here mm-hmm. um i don't think we'll um, see anything on it for a long time though no also don't think so um gta trilogy remaster has finally been confirmed i know this has been rumored for 45 years now it's finally been <laughs> it's finally been revealed uh, officially by uh, Rockstar. So yeah, if you want to play, all you have to do is follow the damn Train CJ mission in HD. You can now do that because San Andreas is part of this pack along with GTA 3 and GTA Vice City. I just um, want to uh, see CJ's ridiculous um, takeout order again. <laughs> high definition. That's all. I, I'm quite curious to see how this is perceived because I, I'm there. I played all three of these games in their heyday. GTA 3 was legitimately mind-blowing and that's, you could, it was a 3D, oh my God, I can, you know, get a car and drive wherever the hell I want. It was really, really something different. Like I distinctly remember playing it for the first time all those years ago. But let me tell you, by modern day standards, these games are going to feel very mm. empty. Mm. <laughs> so I, I honestly think, I mean, I, I stand to be correct. So like maybe San Andreas will hold up. I don't know, because that had some depth, you know, in funny ways. Like you could go hit the gym and do all sorts of things. Um, but GTA 3 and Vice City, I think, I, I don't know if they'll hold up. They're going to feel very empty. Yeah, I I, yeah so, so part of this announcement, Rockstar said, the games will feature across-the-board upgrades, including graphical improvements and modern gameplay enhancements for all three titles, while still maintaining the classic look and feel of the original. So that, to me, means that it will it will scale. Like, the, 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 the stuff will look good when put in 4K. It won't just look, mm. like, fucking stretched and blown out. And yeah, maybe the controls may have been remapped to, like, conform to modern... Uh, sensibilities, but the mm. actual gameplay hasn't been tweaked. You know, this isn't a remake uh, for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, they're uh, also taking off. You know, all three of these games are going to be delisted uh, from mm. stores um, from next week, actually. So, if you want the original originals, you're going to have to buy them now, um, mm. or just be okay with the new additions um yeah apparently if um if these remasters perform well rockstar might consider remastering the original red dead redemption (laughs) i would be interested you're gonna say rockstar will consider remastering gta 5 oh god Ah. no they're already doing that you know it's it even got Uh, delayed for (laughs) ps5 and xbox series x did you ever play gta chinatown walls was it 
that was the one on on, on DS. DS. No, I didn't. Apparently, it was good. That though. was really good. I'd love to see that ported or something to a Switch, for example. It was a lot of fun. Because like, do, do you think it can function underrated. without the the touch screen? I mean. Well, on the Switch, it'd have the touchscreen. So, I mean, mm. there, there are ways around it, right? Like, you know, instead of having the person touch the screen, you could maybe make them mimic something with an analog or whatever. Because, um, okay. like, for example, if you were to steal a car, a car in that game, it is you having to touch, you know, four screws to take off the pa- the um, panel. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you you could arguably replicate that or just put a button prompt or whatever. So, I don't know. Um, in other news, <laughs> Twitch had a massive leak this week. Yeah, Twitch Twitch um, had a week. Yeah. To the point where the, the like everything <laughs> was leaked from, you know, the source code to payment numbers to user information and more. It, let me tell you, it was a real pain for me specifically and I, I mean imagine every other Twitch streamer because, you know, when a, a thing of this nature happens, you got to reset your passwords, which means I had to log in to my Twitch account on many different platforms from mm, my mm. streaming software to my actual browser to the bots I use for text-to-speech. I had to log in like five times, like, damn it, <laughs> what a pain. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is quite something. It's um, bad. It's um, the extent of this yeah. leak. It's not just like a small data breach. It was like huge. There were everything. Yeah, software about. security experts that um, were saying the fallout to this is still to be felt. So the mm. an anonymous hacker posted a 125 gigabyte link to 4chan filled with user information, payout amounts, source code, proprietary services, and more. Mm. Um. Twitch later said, confirmed that a breach had taken place, but that they were still working to understand the or the extent of it. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing that I saw a lot of people focusing on, which made fuckle sense to me, was uh, like top 100 streamer payouts. Like, mm. couldn't you have at least guessed very close to Guys, that already? That's, like, that's something I also don't like. I think. I think the fact that people see the raw numbers with their own eyes was, uh, you know, maybe they just never put two and two together. But yeah, I think to this day, you there are sites that exist where you can go and see, you know, who's got the most subscribers on Twitch, for example. And if you know how Twitch works with payouts, you could very easily calculate an estimate at the very least of like, oh yeah, this person's earning tens of thousands of dollars per month. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you just so, yeah. take subs times whatever the sub amount is and you've got a pretty decent mm. estimate i'm also really confused yeah. at like the anger towards like how dare these streamers get paid 10 million dollars or whatever like there's a job and if yeah, they and are attracting x number of viewers then and also it's i don't know why people are angry with these streamers like and also keep in mind those are like that is indicative of like the 0.001% it's a very small not yeah. every streamer is making that much money like, which is yeah kind of bad yeah yeah i mean a lot of streamers i mean i know for for example south africa there are some full-time streamers who probably make enough to cover rent and live but like that's it and even that is a stretch of like they're just making enough um 
Twitch takes a huge cut. Mm. Um, so I know streamers have always been angry with Twitch, you know, most streamers anyway. Um, because for, so the way it works for every subscription, for every subscriber, it, like a, a subscription is $5, right? Twitch takes half, the streamer gets half. Partners get a slightly bigger cut. It's like 60, 40, or 70, 30. But for, if, for example, if that top streamer is earning $100,000 a month, Twitch mm. is earning thirty to forty thousand dollars off that one streamer. Mm, mm. So it's like they are, and like in Twitch's defense, they're a company that needs to make money. But it feels like there are barriers to you know actually making a living off Twitch because they take such a huge cut. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. It's I, I'm with you. People acting shocked, like wow, I can't believe these people making so much money. I'm like, where have you been? Like it's not. Yeah. I, I think you've just never taken the time to actually look at it. But that's been pretty you know obvious yeah. i think so. the thing that was interesting to me not so much that i didn't um i didn't assume as much but to see it kind of confirmed is that in that top list uh mm. there were no streamers of color and there was mm. only i think one one woman so uh no i think oh in the top 10 or the yeah i, the top I think the top the top 100 there were only three yeah which, so all which, this fucking furor and <clears throat> like all this these big deals being made of women streaming and you know maybe maybe not streaming games and streaming content that some would say is against Twitch's terms of service or not appropriate for children. Like they aren't even in the top one hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest earners they that, are not ruining Twitch. They are literally trying that, to find a niche for themselves, you know. Exactly. And and there's always for years, there's always been discourse that, you know, uh, it's easier to to make it big on Twitch if you're if you're a female streamer. And it's like, well, the top hundred clearly doesn't show that. I mean, yeah. I'd I'd love to actually see I'm sure people have done it, but what about the top a thousand or top ten thousand? Like, what mm. is the ratio? I would put money that it's probably still very male dominated oh yeah which for sure. which then is like but there's always argument. the, the push yeah. on like women are ruining twitch because they are streaming with low-cut tops or some shit no, but like that. yeah, like, that's exactly what i'm saying is that it's there's all this discourse of like no it's it's not fair and xyz but like the numbers bullshit. don't don't yeah. support your argument sorry to say so anyways twitch twitch leak big news I, I don't know how this, like you you said, experts and software peeps have said it's going to have long-term ramifications. I don't know. I don't know what the future of Twitch is looking like on that front. Like, are we going to see more more leaks, more hacks? I don't know. Mm. Mm. To, all I know is that Twitch has had some some interesting things happen to them this year. And it's well, it was quite funny like, that it happened the day after the Facebook leak. Um, oh yeah, the, the the whole Facebook, yeah, uh, Instagram going down and WhatsApp. <laughs> the vault stood quiet for eight hours while. Well, no one could send memes on WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's fly through these last three. Um, FIFA could maybe not be FIFA. Yeah, FIFA could not be FIFA. Maybe I don't know. EA Sports considering a name change. A top executive at EA says the company could end the licensing licensing partnership that dates back to 1993. I assume this uh, all comes down to FIFA probably wanting more money. 
Um, yeah, I was, I was also thinking that I, I imagine that they pay a hefty sum every year. Like, let's dump suck. Even if it is five million, ten million, twenty million dollars, whatever the ludicrous amount could could or could not be, it probably is EA just going. We don't need to spend that. Like, you could literally just. I I really think you could rebrand and you know you lose the brand affinity. You know, FIFA is a brand, mm. but. If you're a FIFA fan, you're not going to give a shit what it's called. You know, you're going to know, oh, it's the EA football game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Konami's free to play variant isn't really, really great right now. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, that is a whole other, other story. So um, I'm, I'm going to buy EA football, whatever they decide to call it, if they do decide to drop the FIFA name. Um, so the, the quote was from EA Sports General Manager and Top Executive Cam Weber said in a note to players on Thursday, the label is exploring the idea of renaming our global EA Sports football games. This means we're reviewing our naming rights agreement with FIFA, which is separate from our other official partnerships and licenses across the football world. So what this is important to note is that the name FIFA and the licenses to players and tournaments are different. So Mm. the game could still have licenses to player likeness names team names mm. stadiums blah 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 but just not be called fifa which is mm. a, a separate licensing deal so i don't know <laughs> it, it could be that fifa wants an annual game and mm. ea is now pushing towards a more service-like platform yeah. which to me makes a lot more sense it makes the most sense so so yeah, yeah we'll see i mean i i honestly don't think that this um would change much in terms of mm. especially now that Pez seems to be a complete shit show. Um yeah. Rup. So yeah, cool. Football. In <laughs> in your weekly Blizzard slash Activision news piece, which we've quite quite honestly had for the last I mean when did the lawsuit Fucking happen? months now it feels like <laughs> every week there's something and this this doesn't necessarily link to the lawsuit, but you have to wonder what's going on that people are leaving the blizzard so well i don't know did someone actually leave for diablo 4 to have a new game director or somebody just appointed someone left a few weeks ago um, okay i think it's mentioned in this piece um mm. da, 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 not da. sure well what we can say is that joe shelley is the new um what's it game director and he has worked on where did I? Sorry, I just had him uh, in front of my. Oh, he's worked on. He's a senior game World designer on Diablo and 3. Diablo Three. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's been at Blizzard since two thousand and five. So, I mean, this is somebody who's got sixteen years of experience. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck to him. I also, think someone who's of, been at Blizzard during all the time that this garbage was going on. So, I I would not want to be this person for the simple reason that I think Diablo Four has a lot of high hopes and expectations on it and you and i have have spoken at length now about do they go back to diablo 2 or do they keep the diablo 3 aesthetic or do they do a middle ground and i think whatever he does is going to be very happy fans and very angry fans Mm. (laughs) so Mm. good luck to this dude i think it's Um, important to note that in this announcement they didn't give a hint at a release date but Shelley did say, quote, the game has a ways to go before it's ready for launch. I doubt this game is it's, out next year. It's 
far away. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I yeah. genuinely think they announced this game just because people had such a visceral, like negative mm. reaction to the mobile one. They're like, fuck, we have to show people we still but the mobile yeah. one's not even out yet. Nope. <laughs> Either. What's I, what's quite amazing though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go for no, it. No, no. No, no. I was gonna say that you talking about Diablo two and Diablo three last week made me realize that Diablo three is now ten years old. Mm. Mm. Which is crazy because when Diablo three was first revealed, it was the same thing of yeah, it's ten years after Diablo. And I was like, damn, I can't believe they waited this long between it's going to be more now. It's yeah, yeah, which is I like I told you the other day I booted up Diablo 3 again. And um I had to remind myself that the game came out in uh what 2012. Mm. Because boy those character models look like shit now. Really? Yeah. Um I need to dive back into Diablo 3. It's a good time. Uh um, yeah, there yeah. there's there's another thing we should uh mention uh that California, state of California, is now trying to prevent Blizzard from destroying even more evidence of sexual harassment allegations, which is a real fucking top move from the company, considering they said they would change. Mm. So, yeah, that is uh, interesting. Well, we're not ending on that news piece this week for change. We're ending on some different news in that ADOS Montreal and ADOS Sherbrooke are shifting to a four-day work week which so i mean if if you don't where the know, hell is idos sherbrooke <laughs> I, I, no, I, don't. I have to look that up you so carry on if if you don't know i mean i think even given covid i mean uh, in the face of covid there have there has been talk of some companies abroad and i, I don't know about any locally but companies you know trialing four-day work weeks and then actually adopting them mm-hmm. so like that makes sense, right? Because you know who doesn't want a four day work week? You work, um, you know, smarter, not harder. But to see this implemented at a gaming studio is quite something. Because you know, sorry, gaming studios are synonymous with crunch and hard hours and all other bad work practices. Um, so yeah, this studio is going to a four day week, and it's not a thing of, you know, we're working four days a week, but more hours per day. They they are literally slashing like a 40 hour work week to a 32 hour work week mm. you know without cutting pay or anything which mm-hmm. is it's quite something and i mean in my head i'm like well where do you make up those eight hours and there was a quote in this thing this is a press release from the company saying like uh one of the heads basically saying like well instead of having like an hour long meeting we are going to have a 30 minute long meeting you know m- maybe there's more of a push of getting you know being more efficient with the time you have yeah. so just looking yeah, at could, spaces where you can collect back time and where you're just wasting mm, it um and yeah. then giving giving that back to the employee not being like we can reduce these meetings which means we can get more work done exactly or, or yeah um, yeah i'm i'm all for this i i like you i i keep seeing it uh being trialed in a bunch of different countries and i'm mm. totally for this idea so to see mm-hmm. it implemented at a triple a studio is pretty cool it's quite um, something yeah yeah, so uh, Sherbrooke is in Canada, in Quebec. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what their next set of games look like and, you know, what is the, the you know, will it be, for example, it's, wow, it's a 10 out of 10 game, just further proof that 
you know, the four-day work week works or, damn, this game isn't great. They should have stuck to a, <laughs> a five-day work week. I hope it's yeah. the former, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think that's news. That's all the news that this week. That is news. Um, so should we move it's over then? She has news. What news do you have? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, Game Over Greggy had their baby. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Greg Miller. Uh, that's Greg so Miller funny. F- first child, thing yeah. this morning, Lent is like, they had their baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, who? <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> so, yeah, good on them. That's cool. Think- Congrats to them. That's right. Yeah. Now um, that is gaming news. <laughs> that is gaming news now. Um, should we move on to questions then? Yes. If you want to send us questions, you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, find us on all our social platforms at Checkpoint Chat on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on pretty much everywhere. So, all of the places. Where do we um, have questions this week? So, we have a question from Cello ZA on Instagram who says, Who wins the international? I totally forgot happening. it had even started. <laughs> so yeah, the group the group stages are happening right now. Uh, so it's not, actual, not not the final. The main yet. event will be, you know, if you're listening this week. So oh, who's going to win? OG, definitely, definitely Team Navi. I think Dandy's going to have his year this year again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! I I I, I was reading I, the other day that the the winning team gets nineteen million dollars. Well, yeah, the prize pool is forty million. Forty million. Well, on I mean, this should have actually been in news. It's not actual news, but did you did you see that video I sent earlier this week of the the hotel that some teams are staying yeah, at? It's bad. It's bad. If you if you can consider that, you know, the prize pool is forty million. Okay, that's a Valve fund, you know, small portion of that, but most majority of that is funded by the sale of compendiums, which cost $10 a pop and put 25% forward to the prize pool. So that prize pool, $40 million, is for the players, but Valve themselves have probably made $100, $120 million <laughs> just off a digital battle pass. Um, you know, like any other game, you get in game cosmetics, a whole lot of bonuses, whatever. But there was footage going around this week from some very disgruntled teams who have been put well the international itself has had some drama i think it was meant to be in sweden initially but given covid they had to find a different i think sweden were like nah <laughs> we can't no, do this. no so what happened was sweden didn't classify the international as oh, a big sorry, sporting event yeah so they weren't okay, allowed so it was, to they weren't allowed yeah. to um so they had to obviously scramble find a different venue in country so i think it's in romania if i'm not mistaken um, but the hotel that the players are staying in, we're talking like almost dorm room size or, you know, college frat room size with five players in it looked with their computers. Like, I, it's, I couldn't believe and it. And you just think like, how does Valve with all this money not put each player or each team in like, you know, a penthouse or like a proper room or I don't know. But, like, but that's how do you the not thing. Rent? Like, like the prize pool is like 40... 40 million dollars okay mm-hmm. and that is just what the price pool is that's a small percentage of what valve of what valve earned, did, yeah you know so 
boy, yeah, I um, I think this is just a mess from one one point to the next. It's just really, really bad. And um, it's yeah, in yeah. these in these conditions, who wins? You're saying OG? I think so. I think OG are you know they um, they won what the last three. Um, the last, the last two? two, the last, last two, two, yeah. Sorry, they were the first ones to successfully defend it, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love it just for the the story value of like team defense, you mm, know. Mm. And I and I like I like the players. Or... I think they they're just you know cool cool dudes. So yeah, the meme meme game is strong from a lot of the Dota teams. Yes. Team, team secrets also still kicking around, and uh, are they? I mean, I would. Okay. Yep, I wouldn't be sad if they... I mean, I don't know how good they are. It's been a long time since I've actually, you know, even looked at professional Dota. But I wouldn't be sad if they, they did something. So, yeah. Let's see. Um, next question. We have a question from... At Jared Bra Bra, who Bra-bra. asks... <laughs> Bra. If you could go back in time to be there for the launch of any game or games or event, what would it be or which would it be? If I could go back to the launch of any game or games or an event, um, you know, what would it be? So mm. I, I saw this question this morning and my knee-jerk reaction is there's, there's this great moment that you and I both read in the book we've spoken about many times, Console Wars, where, you know, Console Wars is this, the story of Sega versus Nintendo. Um, you know, in the 80s and 90s. But towards the end of the book, you start seeing, you know, little little tales of PlayStation making moves to enter the console space. And Sega were, I guess, on the back foot already going into, I think it's the 32, 32-bit gen. I don't know if it's the third or fourth gen of consoles, but yeah, they a lot of their success would be determined by Sony's approach and price of the PlayStation 1. Yeah. So there's this great clip. You can Google it. Um, like literally look up on YouTube. Sony announces the price of the PlayStation One. It's this one of the early E3s. It's a small conference room with a whole lot of journalists, and um, I, I can't remember the names. But somebody's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have so and so come do a presentation on the PlayStation One," and this dude walks on stage and he just says the price and he walks yeah. off. Well, and everyone just everyone two ninety nine or he's like he just walks out. He's like. Two ninety nine, and he walks yeah, off. That's it. He walks off. It's like, what, it's what's funny of, is that he takes up like tons of papers, as if he's going yeah. to give this like in depth presentation. It's a real, but that is like a, it's like a proper meme moment from yesteryear, and just the reaction of people was just hilarious because it is such a it's like such a cheeky it, thing. It's not, so you, cheeky for especially during that time. Like E three was all corporates. There was no. And, you know, there was no um, uh, fans there or anything like that. So there was no reason to be that, like, cheeky for an audience that obviously wasn't there. Mm. Um, I mean, and this is the PlayStation 1. Like, the PlayStation 1 could have been garbage for, you know, but obviously that's not the case. But just to go up and be like, hey, PlayStation 1, two ninety nine, and then walk off is just... It's... Yeah, that's... I'd love to have been in that room. It's the most ballsy fucking moment. thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's really really cool. Um, I would have loved to have been there. I think if I had to go back to a launch, I would have loved to have been in like New York or something. Um, during the like P 
PS2 original launch because mm. I feel like that was like a huge fucking deal. Um, that was a movement, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> to kind of like be involved in that or see that firsthand would have mm. been like super, super cool. Mm. Um, so yeah, I could I, relive. I would have loved. If I could relive any moments from something I've done before gaming-wise, that the announcement of um, God of War will forever be a, a highlight of my time as a, a gaming journalist, just being like actually getting to be in that audience when it was announced. And we we were with um, good good pal Gar- good pals Garth and David, but I like remember Garth just going like. Rah! <laughs> And just the yeah, the audience lost their shit. It was amazing. Like I love it. It's it, it, I I recently watched the making of um, God of War. Um, it's up on YouTube. Uh, it's like a two-hour documentary. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, but they they kind of go through that reveal, and oh, and to know what happened behind the scenes. Yeah, to know what happened behind the scenes, but then also just to hear the crowd pop again. Like I can. Mm vividly remember that noise in my my mm. head um we were we were somewhere near the back of the shrine auditorium um we was you, right, like you yeah. said yumi and garth um was david there with us i don't think he actually made it, it was, to the event. It was no not not david um dave oh uh, dave you're right yeah. you're right yeah um and just the the noise because like the trailer started and the there was no indication that it was God of War. Um, Because that's how the show opened. Um, And just as soon as Kratos appeared on screen, the fucking roar from that crowd Mm. was unbelievable. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It it, it gives me like goosebumps thinking about Mm. it again. You're right. That, that was, that was a special place to be um, at that moment. Um, Mm. So yeah, I'd love to experience something like that again, you know? Mm. So yeah. I think that's it. That's all the all I have to say on that. I don't know if you have any other. Uh, no, I think um, yeah, like I I would love to. Uh, yeah, to have been at like some of the big launches of the big consoles, but um, yeah. Other than that, I can't really imagine um any others that I'd like to be at. I, I think I think older, you know, gaming events nowadays have kind of like changed because like we don't gather as much for big, big mm. launches and stuff like that. And now nowadays it feels like really just gross. Like people are just camping out to get shit. Um so mm. but yeah, um I think being back then would have been cool. Yeah. Cool. That's it. If you want That's to send questions. us questions, you can also email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on all our social channels, uh, Checkpoint Chat uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if they're not all done. All the places. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so stuff they're like that. Um, but yeah, this has been episode 164, Checkpoint Chat. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. If you've reached this far, thank you so much for listening. Next week will be a sort of well. I don't know if we're going to do two episodes, but next week we definitely will have a sort of deep dive and special into the Nintendo Switch OLED. Mm. So yeah. please look out for that, and probably have a lot more on um, Metroid Dread to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, very excited yeah. to get uh, involved in those. Um, and as always, if you've listened and you've supported us, we thank you very much. You're the best, shorty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and we hope you have another fantastic week. Mm-hmm. We'll see you soon. We shall see you soon. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye.